Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts us all. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. This episode of the Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software, your zero-touch automation experts. By Calix, simplify, excite, grow. By DXTEL, creators of the Harper Broadband Marketing Library. By ITK Solutions Group, process first, technology second. And by Utopia Fiber, building a more connected nation. Hello, everyone in broadband land, and welcome to another episode of The Broadband Bunch. I'm your host, Brad Hine, bringing you another unique story from the world of broadband. Our guest today has served in various leadership positions over his last 22 plus years in wireless telecommunications and infrastructure. In addition, he served for five years as a consultant to FirstNet, helping the federal government design, engineer, and implement the very successful nationwide public safety broadband network currently being built by AT&T. In this role, he was exposed to the needs for public safety, connectivity in rural communities, and the need in general for reliable broadband service in these communities. Today, he serves as Chief Operating Officer for Patriot Broadband, a company with a mission to bring reliable, fast, affordable, and secure internet connections to underserved rural communities. Patriot Broadband is also the only franchise model in the broadband space in the United States. Please join me in welcoming Greg Ford to the show. Greg, welcome. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure for sure. There is so much going on in the world of broadband right now. And I know uh, your story to me was was very unique. And, uh, and when we talked initially, um, a bunch of things really popped out of me that you guys are trying to conquer in the space. So give us just a general overview for our audience of Patriot Broadband and, and uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, like you, like you said, we, uh, and, and this is after a lot of digging and research, but we've determined we are the only um, franchise model uh, providing uh, wireless broadband um, to to the in the country, um, and I'll, we can talk a little bit more about what that franchise model looks like. But um, but yeah, the, our our mission is really going into rural communities and bringing them um, the connectivity that they have lacked for years, and in many cases still do. Um, and that's our focus. Um, it you know it, I guess the the purpose of the company is twofold. It's to obviously find uh, markets um, where our franchisees can be successful. Um, you know, so there's there's obviously a return on investment that we, we like to see and find, and there's sort of a sweet spot market size for us. But all of them, you know, do come with that underserved community tag for sure. Right, right. Well, I know there's, I mean, there's a tremendous crusade in America for um, serving the underserved in the broadband market. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to align with a certain technology, but I know that fixed wireless has come such a long way, even in the last couple of years. And, you know, the cost comparison to other forms of, you know, uh, of network infrastructure. Can you talk a little bit about why the fixed wireless choice is really the front runner for broadband? 
Yeah, it, it, it really has. And I, I, and I, I don't know um, all of the factors, um, but you're right. I, I would say in the last, you know, two to three years, the technology has exploded. Um, you know, improvement in, in improvements in reliability, um, security, and all of that. I, I'm, I'm aware and I have some friends that have consulted with Facebook, um, you know, within the last five years. And I think, um, they were part of the catalyst for that. You know, they were, they've been building, um, wireless broadband networks all over the world. Um, and, you know, it's sort of a self-serving model, but a company that size really pushed the industry and all the equipment manufacturers to, to get in the game. And so there's, you know, I don't know, five or six years ago, there were probably two to three, um, really good OEMs, but there wasn't much of a market for them. And, and now they've really, you know, a lot of companies have really stepped into the fray and kind of pushed development of the technology. And so I think that that's part of the catalyst, but now we have, you know, we have a lot of different providers to choose from and a lot of different technologies and they're providing, um, you know, excellent service around that technology. And so, you know, we're really able to, to pick and choose from a menu of, of different, um, equipment and providers and services that best fit our, the markets and our franchisees. So it, it's, it's not nearly as difficult as it was probably three or four years ago <laughs> to, to put those, you know, equipment and technology packages together. Well, that's great news. And I, and I know knowledge and expertise like from folks like yourself is really helping, uh, helping the market and helping to, uh, to shorten that divide, so to speak. But so the beginnings of Patriot Broadband, it, the, the company is really not that old. Tell, tell us how, how it started and, and uh, when you guys got started and when you jumped in. Yeah, sure. It's, um, it, it's not that old. I, I would say as, I mean, as a, as a company, um, we really started in earnest in about the, the first part of 2021 um, as a franchise model. Uh, the beginnings of the company go a little bit before that. Um, and you know, with the same mission, um, bringing fixed wireless broadband to rural communities. Um, and, and actually our first franchisee, um, who is, he was, he was up and operational and joined the franchise, uh, group, um, a little bit prior to 2021. Um, but it, it was an idea. It, it didn't start out as a franchise idea. Um, but we, we are 100% owned by a private equity firm um, out of Miami. They saw um, a real opportunity um, in, with the business model to franchise it. And that, that is their expertise is taking um, brands and good ideas and, and franchising them. Um, that model that's their specialty. And, and so that's kind of how Patriot was born. Um, and, you know, and, and really honed in on our mission of, of serving rural broadband, um, needs and those customers. And so, um, you know, they, they saw a market opportunity, of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not all charitable. Um, I, I do like the fact that, you know, Patriot, um, serves a need and, and serves the public good in those communities for sure. But, you know, there's a real business model out there. And, and I think that we've found a really good way to, to capture that, um, with the franchise model for sure. I came on board, um, last October of 2021. 
Um, and, and my job really prior to that, they didn't really have leadership. Um, certainly no one with my years and years of experience. And so hmm. I was, I was brought in to, to really kind of refine the model. Um, look at the technology that we were utilizing and change it if necessary, which we have, um, and figuring out how to get our markets, um, open and, and on air, um, quicker. And, and then certainly figure out how to scale the, scale the business, all of which I have uh, been working on since I got here. And so far, those, uh, those initiatives that we've undertaken have, have borne some fruit. So, so we're pretty excited about where we are now. Wow, that's great. That's great. So s- some of the differentiators that you initially mentioned to me, obviously, were um, all the various functions and services that you're providing to an operator that wants to be a franchisee. Um, that's a lot. So I know being in the space for 15 years and, um, and knowing every piece of software, uh, every piece of hardware that has to happen in the network, all the teams that have to manage it and check up on it. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, all the services and, and basically, I I guess, talk about your model and what you're offering to an operator that would want to invest in Patriot Broadband. Yeah, you bet. I one of the things that I saw um, when I joined the company, I you know I was <clears throat> as they were interviewing me, and it was it was over the course of a month or so. You know, I kept asking the question that I you know I get the I get the franchise part, um, you know, but what's the secret sauce for us? What what, mm-hmm. what is the benefit um, and the benefits that we're providing? And you know, and 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 I kind of came up with those on my own. Um, which, which the company liked and, and that's what we've executed on and which was, which was, you know, we, we need to be providing this whole range of services. So what we do, um, is we do all of our own engineering and design for the markets internally. Um, we do all of our own equipment procurement, um, equipment engineering and design, uh, project management to build out these networks, um, and construction and construction management. And so we really, so we can bring a franchisee in basically who has no experience in the space at all. Um, and we do everything for them to get their, their market network designed and launched and, and operational. Um, we do provide them training on some of the software platforms so that they can run their business. Um, but, but they really don't have to worry about, you know, the health of the network we provide them with 24 seven network monitoring. Um, we have a whole, uh, network operations, um, suite of services that we provide them as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's just kind of a, you know, they're just kind of a carrier in a box basically when, when we're after we, we launch the market for them and, and, and it really, um, it really fits the franchise model because we, you know, ideally, um, we, we love having franchisees that, live in the, in the communities that they are serving. Um, it's not a requirement, but we do like them to either live in the community or be connected to it or somewhat close to that community. And, and it's really something that they can start and run from their home. Um, like you say, with software and everything nowadays, it, uh, it, it's really not that complicated. Um, with all the backend services that we're providing, um, you know, they can really, they can run their own network. 
and and it's it's really kind of it's really kind of fun to see um, as we bring in a franchisee, we train them up, and and that you know it's over a course of a couple of months, and you can really start seeing the you know the light go off. <laughs> they they now they understand <laughs> that they are a, an internet service provider, and you know, and it's it's uh, it's kind of fun. They never really thought of themselves like that, but but they are, and they're also serving their community and, and doing some good as well. So that's fabulous. So um, I just think it's so interesting that it, it, talking to all the different uh, um, broadband operators that we do and being in the industry for so many years, um, all of the good practices that are learned um, through hard work and in a lot of ways learned um, on the long-term plan instead of the short-term plan. And so um, you're offering up a recipe of best practices to to run this. So what are some of the other requirements that you might have for a, a franchisee? Meaning like maybe this a better way to say this is like what what would describe an underserved market that you would go after and how would you evaluate that? So so what we what we what we currently look at is markets that and you know, we have various population ranges that we look at, and it all depends on the franchisee's level of investment um, and, you know, what, what they want their return from that investment to be and when. Um, and so it's, it's not an exact science, but, I, but we have really refined our, our search criteria. So right now we'll look at, you know, communities that are between, you know, 8,000 and 20,000 um, people you know, about uh, two to 5,000 households, perhaps with some businesses mm -hmm. in there. Um, and, and then also look at the competitive landscape, you know, what, who's there. Um, there, there is almost always some type of service provider. Um, and in most instances, obviously it's satellite companies um, that are our first competitor. Uh, there are some fixed wireless providers in the markets that we look at, but but we really look at um, what type of plans that they're they're offering. You know, what speeds are they right. delivering? And and so you know, if there's a couple if there's a couple of competitors that are also in the fixed wireless space, but they they offer no more than you know 25 megabit plans, um, we'll go in. I mean, we'll we'll look at it. We'll go in because we we believe that we can provide a better service, more reliable service, and and those enhanced broadband, you know, speeds that, that customers are looking for in those markets that they haven't had access to. Um, so, so that's some of the criteria we look at. And, you know, we're not afraid of competition. Um, it's actually good that there's some there. Um, you know, we'll check, we'll check customer and, and subscriber reviews also. So sort of um, anecdotally to just see what the, you know what the tenor is in the market and those are usually um <laughs> people are usually I, if they have good service and reliable service there's no reviews it's when they have right. bad service and right. those things that tends to pop up pretty quickly when you start doing the research so so you know all of those things and and you know we'll come up with typically two to three um market options for our franchisees also so that they have the opportunity to and in some sometimes it's with their suggestion you know that they're in the community or they're aware of a community and and the need and we'll take that into account as well but at the end after we kind of do our market research and and initial modeling 
Uh, we'll give them two to three, sometimes four options, and and really give them some time to to go visit those markets, get a feel for it, do their own due diligence and research um, before we all kind of settle on where we're going to go and, and how we're going to build it out. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so a typical timeline, and you know, obviously, when you're talking about a franchise or even you know being in product for so many years, you know, like I have, you 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 want to replicate and repeat something, refine it as quick as possible, get it out in the market so people can use it. Yeah. So what what's a typical timeline from uh, from beginning to end when you're speaking to a new franchise opportunity? This was one of the biggest challenges that I saw uh, with the business, mm-hmm. actually, when I joined. Um, I, you know, <laughs> we had franchisees that were signing on to the to the system. And they had been, you know, signed for six months by the time I got there. Um, and, and they weren't open or on air. And, and I, you know, I, I, being in the industry for so long, I knew that there had to be, uh, that they were missing something. Um, and I also knew, you know, given that we utilize existing tower infrastructure, um, and almost always looking for existing fiber assets in the area. Um, I just didn't think that it should take that long. Um, and, and I really wanted to, you know, to tighten that timeline down to six months minimum. I think right now, um, you know, everything being equal, um, and, and, you know, if everything goes our way from the time a franchisee signs, um, I, I am shooting for five months to get them up, open and on air. And, yeah. and that's sort of my outside. Um, I, I even think we can pull that in a little bit. We're having some issues with um, equipment, um, some supply chain issues that we can't um, we can't really overcome, but they will over time. <laughs> and so, right. uh, you know, like if I if I had my way um, from the starting line, from the second they sign, we like to have market uh, selection completed with them in about four weeks, and then from that point. Um, open in five months minimum. So wow, wow, that's service. That's great. That's great. So, um, let me let me take a, a little step to the side a little bit. So, um, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of money in this space. Um, how does that? How does the money, federal and state, kind of affect your business, or or does it at this point? I, it doesn't um, at all. I, you know, one of the advantages. Of, of being a franchise model is, you know, we're, we're really, the franchisees are the ones that are coming to us with the capital um, mm-hmm. saying that we have, you know, we have X number of dollars to invest. We want a business. Um, we like your business and, and let's, you know, let's do it. And so we're, it doesn't really, it hasn't really helped us and it certainly hasn't hindered us at all. Um, we, you know, one of the advantages that, that I saw with the model is, you know, we don't have to go to, um, big investors or capital markets or anything like that to, to build out our portfolio. So we can keep our, our franchise system lean, um, which ultimately benefits the franchisee and, you know, deploy their capital into their business. Um, you know, there's a lot of there is a lot of money out there, and and you know, with the federal infrastructure grants, that's all still in process. And 
I, I do think that that at some point down the road, um, our franchisees will uh, be able to benefit from some of that once they're up operational, serving their communities. Um, we're, we're hopeful um, that the rules will be such that our franchisees will be able to to apply for that grant money for expansion. Um, you know, either expand their their coverage footprints, expand their market area, um, or really enhance the technology that they deploy. And so, I do think you know, and those grants, I believe, they go out through 2026 and 27. And in some cases, I do think that at some point soon, um, our franchisees that are operational will, will uh, be able to take advantage of that. But it's all, you know, it, it doesn't affect us now as far as our current growth model at all. Um, I, I think it could be beneficial down the line, but we, we're not we're not waiting around for that <laughs> at all. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, yes, I've 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 heard it said before in many places. You know, anyone with five hundred thousand dollars can open up a fixed wireless business and just have at it. But the issue is coming up with that initial um, that initial money and then having the expertise to actually run it without any mistakes, getting to your ROI as quick as possible. So. Talk a little bit about the expertise that that lies within Patriot Broadband from from you and your colleagues. Yeah, so uh, between myself and our CTO, um, we have about forty years, roughly, um, you know, in the space. Um, he's space. a he's a great engineer um, and has built these networks all over the country. Um, really knows knows how they work, knows how to fix them. Uh, knows how to design them, uh, which is great. Um, I rely on that a lot. Um, I'm, I am not an engineer. I, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> but understanding the business model it is really, I think, the benefit that we provide uh, with the years of experience. I mean, obviously, engineering is huge. Uh, you know, the way if you build it right the first time, you don't have to go back and touch it for years. And so that's a huge benefit for our franchisees. I also think uh, one of the big benefits we we have is our is our marketing. Um, we have a great team that uh, that handles all the marketing for our franchisees, all the content, uh, all the marketing collateral, and and it it really we we really jump in um, with our our franchisees prior to launch. We build out a you know a launch marketing plan, um, typically you know around certain community events. Uh, but, you know, we utilize Facebook ads and uh, Google ads and LinkedIn ads and, and um, you know, mailers. And we have a, a really solid system that really captures everything from a marketing perspective so that our franchisees don't have to worry about that either. You know, I, a lot of people that want to own a business, they're not necessarily into the marketing. I mean, it, you know, in this business, it's, it's critical, um, but you don't have to be an expert in the marketing um, department. We, we handle all of that for them as well. So I think, you know, that's a real differentiator, but I think it, it's uh, it's a real value that we provide our, our franchisees. Wow. So when I, when I mentioned in your intro, you know, some of the, uh, some of the experience that you had, it, it's, um, um, it goes to either end of the spectrum. I mean, you've been on some, some national projects uh, for tier one operators like AT&T um, consulting, so how did how does your motivation get you to this point in in doing what you're doing now for you know the rural broadband operators? What's your motivation here? 
Yeah, I, you know, I grew up and around um, people in rural communities. My grandfather was an old rancher. <laughs> and so um, I spent a lot of time with him. I, I am most at home in the country. Um, I got to live out in the country right now. And, and, and so, you know, being around those, uh, those types of people has just sort of been my, my comfort zone for a long time. When I was with FirstNet, um, you know, we did a lot of consulting uh, with rural communities around public safety and public safety um, communications. And, you know, and, and, and it was just, it was remarkable to me how, you know, in the Stone Age, some of these public safety agencies were out in rural communities. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then that, that obviously filters down to the homes themselves and, and what type of service are they getting, if any. Um, and I, you know, it just, it, it's a real, it, it was something I really enjoyed that time um, at FirstNet anyway, because it was, you know, it was serving uh, a real public need. Um, Public safety wide, but I, I just I, I just have this affinity for the rural communities, and you know when this when Patriot came along, it, it just really I don't know it just set something off in me that this is what I wanted to do and sort of the next mission that I wanted to tackle. Um, and you know, like for, for example, I one our one of our franchisees that that we're just opening now in Hugo, Oklahoma. I mentioned this to you earlier. I, she's a she's a great story and and really one of the things that keeps me going. But she's it's a it's a woman owned business, woman owned franchise. She's an army veteran. Um, she's young. She's a young gal too, uh, but she's just super active in her community. And Hugo is a very small community. I think three thousand people. Um, but she wanted to, she wanted to build this business in her community because she grew up there and she grew up without broadband internet. Um, and she wow. told me, you know, she told me several stories of, about when she was taking college classes. She'd have to, she'd have to drive over the Texas border to to get 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 a connection while she was taking online classes, and it was about a twenty five mile drive um, just wow. for her to be able to do homework <laughs> and attend certain, Man. you know, online classes. And I like, you know, you just kind of you just kind of think to yourself, what what year are we in? This is crazy. <laughs> um, but still out there. I mean, you know, they're still there. And, you know, so we, we did a soft launch with her um, a couple of weeks ago at the, at the Hugo rodeo and it was extremely successful. Um, we had uh, our marketing teams out there with them. We had a booth set up and it was, uh, it was a really exciting event uh, and just a real favorable response from the community. Um, she is about to start adding subscribers here in a week or two, but she already has a, a pre-sign-up list of about 50 people that are eager and want to get on the schedule. And um, so it's a really good way to launch a market. Um, And that's really how eager they are. I mean, we've barely done anything and done any marketing at all. And she's got, she's got a customer list of 50 that want to be served as me, you know, as quick as we can. So, so that's pretty exciting. Wow. So, um, marketing at a rodeo and immediately signing up your first large group of subscribers for um, broadband internet service. That's, that's amazing. Really is. Yeah. Rodeos are very popular out here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I it's mean, a great I, way to do it. I think, you know, what I've heard and, you know, over the last um, two plus years and, and interviewing folks across the country and internationally for this podcast, this, this is a community driven, um, endeavor and um 
you know, any community event that you can wrap broadband access and helping underserved rural communities to uh, to get connected. Uh, obviously, after we've gone through two years of uh, of the pandemic and we're 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 coming out of it at yeah, this point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just so crucial to to everybody in these communities. Um, you know, as we as we wrap today, uh, we have a couple questions that we always ask the guests on our show. And the first one we call it our back to the future question. And it's it's really just a thought provoking. You know, if um, if you had your your time machine, your DeLorean, and you could go back in time and, and whisper some advice in your ear, you know, at the beginning of your career or at the beginning of this you know, endeavor, what, what would be those magical words you would you would tell yourself? <laughs> I, you know, I, that, that's actually pretty easy considering where I'm at now. Um, <laughs> if I could go back 15 or 20 years as I was sort of formulating or mapping out my career, I, you know, I was always I was always chasing the next big job or big project or whatever it was, um, you know, just in, in very profit driven type way. I would go back and and I would I would tell myself really to to find a mission with a purpose, something that you can grab onto and believe in. And then I, you know, I'm sure my I'm sure my dad probably gave me that advice when I was younger anyway, but I didn't pay attention. Um, <laughs> So I, it would be that. And, and really, you know, I think the, the, the mission of Patriot Broadband and in bringing, you know, broadband connectivity to these rural communities and, and really helping, helping them out is a, it's a good goal and a good mission. So I, I really would have said to myself, find a mission with purpose and principle and go after that, you know, and the money will take care of itself. And, and I do believe that. Um, so, so that's I, I would tell myself to have a little more discipline and and uh, and more focus and purpose, I guess, with my planning out my career. But I think I'm there now. <laughs> Why took long enough? <laughs> <laughs> so the antithesis of that, um, kind of looking into the future, um, our crystal ball question for uh, Patriot Broadband. You know, obviously the ecosystem with um, with broadband and all the innovations, all the money we're seeing, um, rules making with FCC and NTIA, as we all know, obviously we're, we won't get into that this episode, but it's constantly evolving. But uh, where do you see Patriot in five, 10 years? Yeah, it, I mean, in five years, I, you know, we have a target. I, in five years, I would like to see, we would like to have about 100 franchisee markets operational. Um, we would like to, to be in our, in our core market areas, um, spreading out throughout the Southeast, um, and, and really growing and proving up the model. I, but I really think that we will be able to get to a hundred, a hundred plus. I mean, I, I'm trying to be conservative. I, I get really aggressive on stuff like that, but I, and I, and I think it's achievable, um, to the way that we have built and, and started to, to scale our model. Um, we can definitely handle it. Um, 10 years, you know, who knows? Um, I, I mean, if, if, if successful, and I do believe we will be, I, you know, there could be a, a tripling of that number, um, in 10 years and, and we'll just see. I mean, I, I do think it's a, I think it's a valuable model and I think it's a, it's a great way to, to, to serve these underserved areas, um, that need it. 
Um, and and we're, we're ready for the challenge and we're ready to grow. Well, Greg, I'll, I want to thank you for joining us today and, and sharing um, your stories about Patriot Broadband and your experience in the market. Um, but before we go, is there a place for our audience to find Patriot Broadband on the web if they want to yeah. um, get more information? Yeah, you bet. Uh, PatriotBroadbandFranchise.com, um, where you can find uh, and, and contact us for franchise opportunities. Um, and Patriot Broadband is our consumer site. PatriotBroadband.com is, is our consumer site where subscribers can go and, and put in their zip code and, and, and find out if they have service in their area or if service is coming soon. So both those ways. Excellent, excellent. And thank you so much again. Um, from myself and the Broadband Bunch today, I wanna to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, I wanna wish you a great week, a great year. Please come to us with your broadband stories and we'll see you next time on the Broadband Bunch.